You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, what's up? I'm former Bills receiver Stevie Johnson, and you're listening to Nate and the fellas on the Circle in the Wagons podcast. It's only one way to roll. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills, baby. Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times, here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hey, Bills Mafia. Welcome to a, another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. I am your host, Nate. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I'm with my co-host, Mike. Some of you guys have followed us over from Twitter. Appreciate the heck out of that. Um, we're doing this through Podbean, uh, a different app that we can do live shows on. This way I can add uh, Mike into this, our co-host for the podcast. But um, if you guys want to share your thoughts while we're talking about this, Bill's loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars in London, 25 to 20. Um, feel free to do so. Add your name in and I will try to get to you. Uh, first, to give some thoughts, uh, the main storyline out of this loss is going to be the pe- or not the penalties. The penalties is part of it, <laughs> but the injuries. The injuries going into this game, the injuries during this game. I mean, this was just a Murphy's Law. Uh, of just everything combined that could possibly go wrong for the Buffalo Bills. And they were still in it to the very end. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I didn't feel confident at all during this game. I didn't look at this game thinking like, oh, you know, I know they're only down by a score, but they could they could definitely win this game. I mean, I told myself that. I told the people around me, like, they're, they're only one score away. They could def- But at no point during this entire game against the Jaguars, did I feel confident about the Bills pulling off this win? A few things that had to do with the injuries. Of course, Matt Milano went out. Um, Taron Johnson went out at one point. Daquan Jones was out for the entire game after his injury. Um, huge injuries during the game to those very, very important players. Before the game, Greg Rousseau was out. Um, Christian Benford was out. Tredavis White obviously out for the season. Um, we don't know the extent as of yet to the injuries to um, Matt Milano yet. It does not look good. I saw somewhere on uh, what Dr. David Chow, the pro football doc, he said, hopefully just an MCL injury, um, but we'll see. Uh, I mean, if, if Matt Milano's injury is for the entire season, obviously that's not a good thing. Um, not good at all. So uh, we're really hoping for... Um, <laughs> 
we're really hoping that the uh so anyway the, the injuries were for sure a storyline absolutely the, they were decimating. The Bills' defense was really the recipient of almost all those injuries. I mean, you think about it, the Bills lost almost half their starters between before today and during today to injury. But the real storyline is the Bills' offense. Bills' offense couldn't get anything going throughout the entire game. Um, they couldn't, up until the very end, they couldn't move the ball. This is supposed to be a top-five offense, and I understand that the Jaguars have a very good defense. Don't get me wrong. I, I know they're not a bad defense. They're a good defense. But I expected more out of Josh Allen, Ken Dorsey, um, everyone on offense. It just was a was a rough game for the Buffalo Bills. And if you think about it, this is a team that the Bills could see in the AFC playoffs. Like this is a team that the Bills could face in a wild card round if they don't get the first seed, right? Um, no, probably not a wild card round because I think the Jaguars are going to win their division, but possibly in a divisional round, right? Uh, so a lot of things went into this game. Um, curious about your thoughts. If you guys are interested, I've, I haven't done this on Podbean before, so I believe you can ask to call in, I believe. And yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm just curious about your thoughts. Just to get over the, I'm going to talk about the stats of the game real quick. Um, one of the biggest stats uh, for today was time of possession. The Jaguars had 38 minutes of time of possession, whereas the Bills only had almost almost 22 minutes of time of possession. So almost a two-to-one ratio there. The Bills could not sustain drives offensively. Um, I, again, like I mentioned earlier, I don't blame the Bills' defense. They were out. They were, first of all, they were injured, like I mentioned earlier. But then they were just, they were just gassed by the end. They didn't have anyone to rotate in. All their second and third stringers were in, basically. Um, and then, you know, let's talk about, while we're talking about the Jaguars on offense. Let's talk about one of the main reasons why the Jaguars had success against the Buffalo Bills today. And one of the major reasons is Kair Elam. Kair Elam had a rough, rough game today. Um, I went into the season thinking like, oh, Christian Benford, you know, he's going to be the starter opposite Tredavious White. Um, he just played better. He looked better. It's not so much that Kair Elam is bad as much as it is Christian Benford just outplayed him, right? Christian Benford is just that good, right? And I think what it turns out to be is that um, I think it was mostly that Kyrie Elam's that bad because it constantly, he was easily a step or two behind Calvin Ridley every time it was a third and eight or third and nine. I mean, Trevor Lawrence just stared down Calvin Ridley and just put it up there. And it wasn't just Kyrie Elam. There was that big, huge third down catch against Micah Hyde at the end of the game. I mean, the Bills defense, the Bills secondary just couldn't cover Calvin Ridley for whatever reason. Um, so that was a huge factor in today's loss, but mostly on the offense. I'm going to give it there. Um, Colby, our guy Colby uh, is in from our Twitter spaces. He's normally there for a Twitter space. He's joining us in to talk right now colby my guy colby are you, you there hear me yep i can hear you bud oh awesome um i i don't know what to say to that you know loss um it was very close towards the end um josh allen kind of made some superhuman plays towards the end but you know kind of my hot take is you know what what the what's the deal with the offense waking up towards the end of the game and not the whole game you know like that's just that's so silly to me. It's like you're gonna wake up now and then you're just gonna not do anything the first part of the game. Like 
it's just kind of it's pathetic to me it's just like come on man like you gotta stay consistent um i get it that that dolphins win was kind of just a game where we kind of threw a lot at the dolphins and i guess it just didn't it didn't come over from you know uh orchard park and buffalo to london i guess it just it seemed like we were kind of defeated at first <laughs> like as soon as uh, Josh throws the touchdown to Diggs, you know, it was a little bit of life. Josh, in the four, uh, was it the fourth quarter that he threw the touchdown to Davis? I think it was, yeah. Yeah, well, he so he threw two touchdowns to Davis back-to-back, back, and then they called one back. And then the t- next touchdown goes to Davis again, and I'm like, okay, cool. Um, I don't understand why you're going for two and giving it to Shakir here like that doesn't make sense to me um i get it he was wide open but the defenders were right on him as soon as they got the ball it kind of you kind of waited too long and it just i just don't understand it man like it's it's pathetic at this point it's just uh, i'm so disappointed in the offense the defense really just they were just injured like, I, I can't I can't blame them for, you know, trying to go out there and play. Like, they're freaking injured, man. Like, we got Tredavious White out for the season. Matt Milano out for the season, probably. Um, who knows what da- Daquan Jones got. Um, Tyron Johnson looks like he's hobbling on one leg. I mean, we better hope we can go find somebody and, like, they'll pick up on a waiver or something. I, I don't know. Like, that's just... It's frustrating and, like, easily could have won the game, too. And, I mean, what the hell was Diggs doing? Were you trying to, like, throw it out? Was he trying to throw it out at the end of the play there? It looked like he was trying to, yeah, it was looked like he was trying to lateral the ball to somebody just before he got tackled. So there was a shot that somebody I mean, could run in for a touchdown, I think. That counts as a fumble for my fantasy, by the way. Like, that's <laughs> so stupid. Like that's so freaking stupid. I'm just I'm sorry, Nate, but I'm just frustrated. Like, I, if I'm going to give you a hot take, I don't like a hot take is why are we having late offense in games that we are trying that we're down and we always have this late push and it just doesn't it just doesn't make sense. Like, I mean, I think we had this last year with um, the Vikings game. We had a late push of offense and then you just fall short with just stupid boneheaded plays i mean uh like it just as a bills friend it's just frustrating yeah 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 i totally get you colby there's definitely a lot of frustration with us with the fan base for sure man thank you thank you so much for following us over from twitter to podbean man go bills appreciate it yeah go bills so thank you to colby for coming on it was there was a lot i mean there's a lot of frustration with it and you could hear it in his voice so i appreciate him sharing that with us because i mean he he feels like a lot of us do. Why is there only a sense of urgency with um, with the Buffalo Bills, with Josh Allen and the offense when it's towards the end of the half, when it's towards the end of the game? Um, it's it's definitely frustrating for sure, and I'm not sure what the answer to that is. I think some of that's Ken Dorsey, some of that's Josh Allen. He had an off game. I mean, sure, the, the defense, the Jaguars' defense was good, but... I still think the Bills had, there were times when Josh Allen had time to throw the ball, which he didn't. Um, the Bills had could not get anything going on the run game. Hold on, let me pull up those stats real quick. Uh, 
<laughs> the leading the team had 29 rushing yards today between Allen, Harris, Murray. James Cook had negative four yards today. James Cook had negative four yards. Bills had 29 passing yards. Josh Allen, for all intents and purposes, like had a decent passing game. 27 for 40, 359 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. He didn't take any sacks today. Sure, that one interception was kind of annoying, but like I said, for all intents and purposes, that was a that was a punt. It was like third and sixteen, and he threw it in an interception like the five or six yard line of the Jaguars, right? Like who cares, right? Um, yeah, Colby mentioned this game isn't on Allen, by the way. So thanks, thanks to Colby for chatting that up. Uh, Mike, Mike, you're in on the uh, the Podbean. Can you can you unmute yourself or am I going solo? I can go solo. Don't think I can do. It. Good, we're doing it live. Nate, how are you? <laughs> Mike, Mike, my guy, my co-host, Mike. How's it going, man? It's good. Good to be with you. Yeah, yeah. This is a this is a rough one today. I missed the beginning, obviously. Uh, for me, I don't know. Is everybody on Death Watch? I, the, <laughs> to me, like that, obviously terrible. Um, but the Jags, I think, are a decent team and just killed us on third down. Um, Specifically, I was mentioning. I don't know if you heard that, Mike. But I would say yeah. like the the old is it Stephen Wright or Jerry Seinfeld? Like, um, was going through my head the whole time. Like, ah, if the black box always survives the plane crash. Why don't they make the whole plane out of the black box stuff? And it's like for the Bills, it's like they at the end of the game they can go ninety yards in forty seconds um, when they're clicking, and it, it, it takes them. They wait until halfway through the fourth quarter to do that, and. That is frustrating, I would say. But um, Trevor Lawrence is, in my mind, a top five quarterback and just killed us on third down. And the Bills just, just injury after injury after injury, and the refs didn't do us any favors. That's kind of my takeaway. Go ahead. No, no, yeah, the, the the whole black box. Yeah, why don't why don't they just why don't they just? Yeah, it was. Um, it's it's confusing. You know, that's why they started the K-Gun offense back in the day was because they're like, hey, we're actually doing really well when we do a hurry-up offense at the end of a half or the end of a game. Like, why don't we do this all the time? And then they did. And then they were one of the best passing offenses in the 90s, right? Um, I don't know why the Bills don't do that. I don't know why Ken Dorsey is like, you know, it's like four or five minutes left. I'm like, come on, guys. Like, you guys are still down by two scores. You have to hurry up, right? Um and yeah, the, the the penalties were definitely a factor for sure. I mean, they kept the Jaguars in. They scored twenty five points. I'm sorry, the injuries, not the penalties. Um, I just was more upset with long term. I'm upset with the injuries. Short term for this game, I'm upset with the Bills' offense. I think the Bills' offense could have performed a lot better today. Um, I don't think they did. Do you here? Here's a good question because I saw some people post this on on social media. Do you think any of this has to do with the fact that the Bills arrived in London so late? Like they didn't get there till what Friday? Or something like that. And they said that they were, McDermott said earlier in the week, he was relying on the sports science people to when they should leave and when they should get there. And they just came out so flat-footed. I mean, injuries aside, which are huge, which may have, I, I don't necessarily know if they were contributed because of the jet lag or whatever, but um, I mean, they, they didn't seem up for it today. You know, just in general. And maybe that has to do with the jet lag. Maybe that had to do with the fact that they came in so late. Maybe it had to do with the fact that the Jaguars had been there for two weeks already. To hear the broadcast, I mean, the broadcast was <laughs> trying to be upbeat. And, like, I, I, it's fun, like, life, new experiences to have an early game 
not my favorite, but once a season, um, it breaks it up. You have breakfasts and stuff like dinner while you're watching. Like, it, it's kind of fun. Um, yeah. But the announcers just sucked. Like, Eisen, Rick, um, but Rich Eisen just kept harping on was that how after Milano went down, it just deflated the bills. And I couldn't, just the broadcast, you couldn't, they didn't show a lot from the sidelines and didn't show the replays that I wanted. But to, to hear them talk, um, it didn't get a sense of like before and after the Milano injury. But did, did you, um, I mean, it seems like Milano's the heartbeat of the defense. Um, yeah. And it just, fan it felt very demoralizing when he goes down and you think he might be lost for the year so geez um, maybe that played into it too yeah i mean i was at a bar in the middle of nowhere so i didn't hear any of the commentating for the most part they would be like going to the sidelines to like jamie erdahl or whoever like for an injury update and i wanted to be like everyone shut up <laughs> See, like guys i'm trying to hear what they're saying about mamelon or anyone else that's injured any of the five other bills that have gone down with an injury. Um, so I didn't hear a lot of that. But yeah, I could definitely see that. I mean, first off, Tredavis White last week, and now Matt Milano being carted off. I mean, it wasn't just like a, a stinger or he's out for the game with like a, he tweaked his ankle or he's out for several games. Like this might be a season-ending injury. Yeah, I could definitely see that being part of it. But the only thing I'll say to that is the Bills offense was struggling way before that injury. So um, maybe defensively, but even defensively, they didn't look terrible. It was just they finally figured out how to target Kair Elam and Calvin Ridley. And Calvin Ridley is just a much better wide receiver than Kair Elam is a, a cornerback. And they kept making play after play after play on third downs, it felt like. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, part of it is injuries for sure. But this is just a deflated Bills team. They just it just didn't seem like they were prepared and ready for this. Um, I, I was thinking, actually going into the game, I didn't know if it would be a good thing for the Jaguars to have stayed there for two weeks. Part of me is like, well, don't you think they miss their families or their home or whatever? Like, it's a long time to be away from. They're living it up. <laughs> They're in Piccadilly Circus every night at the M&M store. Like, it's just, <laughs> yeah. They're at the Eye. Is that the London Eye? Is that what that big uh, Ferris wheel is? Right? <laughs> so, they're 2-0 and in London, right? So... Yeah, disappointing game though. Disappointing game. Um, some other stats of the game I mentioned: Josh Allen had a decent game passing. Obviously, uh, leading wide receiver Stephon Diggs eight receptions on eleven targets for one hundred twenty-one yards, one touchdown. Gabe Davis had a good game: six receptions on eight targets for one hundred yards and one touchdown. Then Deontay Hardy, his coming out game as a Buffalo Bills: two receptions, two targets for sixty-two yards, and then some other guys over there. Nothing crazy. Last time he touched the ball, or he should have just let it go into the end zone, and so they're at the 25 instead of the 5. I know! <laughs> uh, why was he trying to do a fair catch? Or wait, he, wait, you can do it on a on a punt, right? You can do a fair catch on a punt, and you still get the 25. Is that what it is? Or am I thinking kickoffs? Just, he almost coughed it up, and he felt He did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like, dude, just catch the ball for God's sake. <laughs> and it's like, oh, no, how about I almost fumble it? And how about I take off three seconds off the clock? That wouldn't normally happen. <laughs> yeah, that's a rough one. On the Jaguars side of the ball, Trevor Lawrence, 25 for 37, 315 yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions. He was sacked five times. The Bills defense did apply pressure to Trevor Lawrence. 
uh, for most of the game, uh, which was nice to see. Even with Von Miller getting some snaps, it still wasn't enough. Travis Etienne, 26 carries for 136 yards, um, just bashing the Bills, running the ball and passing the ball on defense. Penalties are another big thing. The Bills had 11 penalties for 109 yards. So you're talking about a Jaguars offense. They had 474 yards to begin with, and then you give them another 109 yards to go along with it. Um, the penalties were outrageous. Mike, what did you think about uh, the penalties in general? Do you think that they were more or less called on the Buffalo Bills a little unfairly, or do you think that that's just how they were calling the game and the Bills were just so injured, so banged up that they were playing with lesser talent. So there's going to be when you're playing against uh, better players and you're the defensive guy and you're the third stringer, you're going to have to cause some penalties to stop some big plays. Man, I, and a lot of them was tough to evaluate because you didn't even get to, to see the replay. Um, I certainly slanted in the thought that a lot went against Buffalo. The one that stood out the other way was, I think it was Josh Allen for the Jags was sacking our Josh Allen. And they, do you remember that one? Yeah. Like a, a roughing pass. We're like, geez, um, we, we got away with one there. Um, like, nothing really sticks out to me. Um, I didn't like, I, so maybe that was a, maybe that was a makeup call. Even the fourth quarter on the touchdown, you know, the pass interference back and forth. You couldn't, couldn't even see the replays. No, no, the, the replays were terrible. That should go on the wall of shame too. Like the, all the penalties that were called, it's like, I would love to see a replay. I probably, we probably got like, if there were 12 penalties on the bills or 10 or 11 or whatever, we probably saw about three of them. I want to say three or four, maybe, um, maybe that, maybe that Josh Allen to Josh Allen, uh, <laughs> roughing the passer play. Maybe that was a makeup for the fact that remember when Josh Allen like slid down, got the first down, he got up and he got pushed down by. What was that bullshit? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was on the pills. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, for holding, of course. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, let's go into let's go into what we normally do for our, our recaps. I know we're doing this a little bit different. Um, I'm camping in the mountains. I have no reception, so I'm doing this from a car. Luckily, Mike was able to join us, so thanks to Mike for that for sure. Um, do you want to? Do you have a sweet sassy molassy play of the game for this one? Um, I know it was a loss, but do you have one? I'm going through my notes. Hold on. I want to, here's one. Here's one. I got it. I got it. Okay. Before the end of the half, the Bills were down 11 to 8. Or 11 to 7. Yeah. The AJ Epinesa. Yep. Strip sack, right? Dude, AJ Epinesa, Wall of Fame, right? He had an amazing game. <laughs> Feels like the beginning of the season, like two, three weeks ago, easily. <laughs> That's the other thing that stinks is like his Wall of Fame performance is overshadowed by their loss, right? He had an amazing game. He had batted down like two or three passes. He had two sacks. He had at least one fumble. He might've had two um, in a game where the bills really needed some defensive help. So it feels, yeah, it feels like that was 1941. And then we kept going. 1945. Yeah. Uh, just so much more happened in that second half. Um, but yeah, Epinesa really showed us something like looked incredible until he got gassed and was on the sideline. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Same man. The best, the best availability is wait. What the best ability is availability? Yes, yes. And I think you said it, but I echo that same sentiment. <laughs> We're both on the same page. Yeah, your best ab ability is your availability. <laughs> <laughs> 
That reminds me of like my seven-year-old soccer game where he's like, it's like a Saturday afternoon. It's pretty warm. It's like 80 degrees. And he goes out for a sub. He's like, oh, I need to go out for a sub. Usually the coach like picks the, the people that get to get that get to get subbed out, right? Oh, you know, four people. Oh, you know, uh, Jeff, Lisa, whatever, you know. And my son's like, I need out coach. <laughs> it's like, okay. And then like they're doing you know, subs after like five minutes or 10 minutes or whatever they do. And then my son's like, I need another breather still. I need another round. And I'm like, dude, get your butt out there. <laughs> Except it's AJ Epinesa and we really needed him to be out there too. <laughs> him, like soccer, you running. The entire- That's true. That's yeah, exactly. That is- four to five <laughs> my seven-year-old gets more of a more leniency than the, uh, than the 27 year old football player. That's fair. That's fair. But yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> that's tough. Like Stefan Diggs, huge play, has to go out right away. <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, we need you. Um, I saw an interesting tweet on Twitter about uh, needing to get rid of turf and everything being, you know, converted to grass fields because of all the injuries the Bills were, you know, going through today. And, you know, they, I, I don't believe they have grass fields, at least at, in London. I, I think it's turf um, at Tottenham Spurs or whatever. Um and maybe there's a good, uh, I mean, this is the second week in a row we've lost a major player to uh, an injury. I don't know if this was non-contact. I did not watch the replay of it. I'm kind of tired of watching gruesome injury replays, to be honest. <laughs> like, they just don't do much for me. <laughs> I mean, you know, like, there's just, it's just like watching injury porn. It's just like watching like Hostel, right? Like it's a good movie. I get it. But there's a some point like, yeah, torture porn. Like it's just like, I don't it's just, at some point it's just for shock value, right? Like I don't need to see that, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Matt Milano's human centipede moment. I don't need to see it. I imagine it was awful. He got carted off. Who was it? Which player was it that had their like leg twisted around like um, Nick Chubb, right? Like, I don't need to see that crap. Like, that's the first thing trending on Twitter. Like, oh, Nick Chubb. And it's like the first video. Like, oh, like, oh, man. Oh, my God. Like, this is... Huh, well, I uh, got to push that down. <laughs> push that deep down. Try to try to get over that. You know, all those other terrible things I've seen on the internet for the last 20 years. Okay, all right. <laughs> Totally outweighing all the good like dog videos, all the all the all the good moment, the heartwarming like soldier returning from you know Iraq or whatever his dog season for the first time. You're like those pale in comparison, all the gruesome, terrible shit that you've seen on the internet. So, where did you where did you watch it at a sports bar? Yeah, there's a sports bar here. It's in what is it, Salamanca, New York. So, um, just found it on Facebook. Yeah, it was. It was cool. I mean, you know, they had the Let's Go Buffalo chant and all that stuff. Like, that was really cool. Um, But it was packed in there. I mean, it's rainy, too, so, like, nobody was outside. So it was all packed indoors. Um, It was a cool experience. I haven't been to a bar to watch a game in a minute. So. Oh, good question. I I have no idea. I just figured it was CBS. How did you watch it? Was it NFL Network? You were trying to watch Cinemax and your parents went It was squiggly lines. <laughs> like googling it, try to watch like you because um, in Rochester it's not like the Buffalo area. Oh yeah. I tried Fubo, and I guess I've exhausted Fubo. Three miles last year. Your Fubo is Fubar. <laughs> I tried to, try to, try to, try to, try to watch 
<laughs> you used all all known emails for me. <laughs> like you, you exhausted all. Uh, oh, nice. But it won't just like work on like, using a computer HDMI in. Just download the app and watch on your phone. Yeah. Now that does suck about the NFL Plus is that you can't stream that or mirror that to like a uh, a TV or anything else but you know your phone. Um, to be, get as many people to watch this as possible and just got to make it easier. The trouble I had, I can't imagine older relatives or something. You know, this is like this is the equivalent of remember the blackout rules when we were younger. Like if the game wasn't sold out, you're like, oh, I guess I can't watch it, <laughs> right? Like. And now it's like there's no blackout rules anymore, but like there's so many games on primetime because the bills are good that if you don't have cable, <laughs> like you're you're kind of screwed from watching them. Like that's the equivalent. Like, you know, they it's like the lethal weapon. They screw you at the, you know, the primetime games. <laughs> uh yeah. Yeah. Well a shame. Well a shame on this one is gonna be injuries, I think, for both of us. I imagine you're gonna say the same thing. It's just a crappy day. I mean, it, Major Mamelano could be lost for the season. Daquan Jones could be lost for the season. I heard somewhere from someone on on X slash Twitter that he uh, he tore his pack. So that was that's obviously a huge loss. Um, Taron Johnson, like you said, was hobbling on one leg, so he was done. Um, I didn't see Dorian Williams after all. I don't know if he was injured or if they just replaced him with Tyrell Dodson. They're just like you're not doing enough. But um, yeah, I think Kingsley Jonathan was injured at one point. It's just like everyone was going down at one point. It was like, it reminded me of the Dolphins game last year. Remember that? Where it's like, there wasn't the heat, but like everyone was going down to injury and the Bills were like doing everything they could to give the game to the Dolphins. It felt like that today, didn't it? Yeah. Good analogy. Good analogy, Nate. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. That was awesome. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Would you rather it be like 1941 to 1945? <laughs> you you prefer the U.S. world history <laughs> war <laughs> war analogies? That was, um, yeah, yeah. So so we're camping, we're camping out in Allegheny, and uh, just in this general area, like we're we're camping with other friends. So like uh, my wife's friends from um, uh, from uh, from high school, uh, they were like. Hey, uh, you know, they were watching the game with us and I felt bad cause like my, one of her friends has like a, a friend's friends has like a eight, 10 year old son. Right. And he's watching the game. He's really interested, which is really cool. It's really cool to see. Um, so he got really upset when the bills, when he knew that the bills were going to lose, right. Like, like head in his hands, like almost crying. Like it was, it was sad to see. And I felt really bad. Because we've all been there at one point as Bills fans. Now there comes a point where you're just so used, so used to the disappointment, <laughs> where you're kind of calloused by it. Um, so I still felt bad though. But to me, I was just like, well, because my son went through that last year when the Bills lost the playoffs. He's like upset. He's like, ah, the Bills lose, you know. And I and I felt bad. I'm like, hey, buddy, it'll be okay. But at the same time, I'm just like, man, you're going to see a lot of this. <laughs> like, there's there's just a lot of losing in any sports team. Like, you know, the highs are high, but the lows are really low. This is just one of those one of those games where it's just like, I, did you feel confident at any point in this game where, like, the Bills were down? They were down, like, 7 to 11 for a long time, probably a quarter at least. And there was at no point where I'm just like, they can win this one. 
they're going to win this one. I was like, they, they're still mathematically potentially can win mathematically, but I don't feel confident in this game whatsoever. Yeah, I thought they were going to win after they scored the first touchdown. Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I did not. I did not have that confidence that you have. Man, that sounds amazing. <laughs> Here I am. Amazing as one might think, because one attempted to hop onto a uh, a betting site. A betting I love the Bills at minus five and a half before the game. I love them at, you know, plus ten and a half or whatever. <laughs> They're going to be fine. Uh, bet $10 and make 800 <laughs> <laughs> I'm losing money by not taking this bet. <laughs> this is such a sure bet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, what stinks about this game in general, like it's one thing to lose, like, it's a disappointing loss no matter what. I'm Wall of shame for this game was just, you know, the offense and, and losing. But wall of shame, just like long-term effects, was just all the injuries and the things that leak into the rest of the season that, you know, don't get rectified after this week. Like, let's say it was an offensive adjustment they needed to make and there was a discrepancy between the game plan and Josh Allen or Ken Dorsey or whatever offensively. Fine. You know what? The Jaguars have a good defense. We'll pick it up next week. We'll figure it out. You know, the Bills will, will come back stronger. You know, it's only one loss. But I think it's just the injuries that are just demoralizing as a fan because of how their long-term effects could be and how good this, this team was doing, right? Like, we thought last year the Bills faced a lot of adversity and they did within the community with, you know, everything going on in the community, you know, uh, uh, Kim Pagula, um, Dawson Knox's little brother, like so many things, right? Like all the injuries, all the terrible injuries to the players on the Buffalo Bills. Uh, it just came to a head and it feels like they've already reached all those, <laughs> maybe not community wise, but like within the building, they've already reached all the injuries and all the adversity that they faced last season. You know what I mean? Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Disappointing. You want to? Would you like to hear some hot takes on this Buffalo Bills game from Twitter? Mike loves hot takes. That's one of his favorite things. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. This is from Sax to Dave. Not sure they're hot takes. Elam struggled. Injuries killed us and are a huge concern. Jet lag is obviously obviously a thing. And what's with the refs? That said, the offense lost the game. Then Big R says, don't blame the refs. The Bills played sluggish and sloppy, and I bet if they flew earlier, it would have helped with some of that. Can't disagree with that. Thomas Durlach writes, Elam is terrible. Defense has taken a huge hit. Uh, Milano and White both gone. Definite advantage playing back-to-back -back weeks in London. Time for Bean to work the phones. Brush this off and move on. You know what's funny is, uh, is I've seen a lot of people clamoring on social media for being to pick up the phone and try to trade for a cornerback. It's like, I don't know what you're going to get this early. Cause there's a lot of teams that think that they're still in it and they're not willing to part with good players. Plus the bills don't have a lot of caps. So it's not like they can just take anyone um, for whatever price. Uh, plus we don't know how long Benford's going to be out for Colby Pleasance writes, this game isn't on Allen. It's really not. Yep. I agree with that. Mike Graham says coaching and management set this team up for failure. Research showed they should have flew in two days before the game. I think there was 
I think there was a Jaguar staff member on McDermott's quote unquote research team. <laughs> Mike, you've been to London. Hello? <laughs> that was you've been to London, right? No, there's a right question mark. Um, how long would you say I've been to London too? I've been fortunate enough to go there once. Um how long would you say you got over the jet lag? Was it immediately or did it take a couple of days? You and I are not professional athletes. <laughs> oh, I thought that was just a statement. I wasn't going to respond to that. <laughs> no. We can do no, no athletic activity for a year and then the night before Thanksgiving, eat a gar garbage plate and go run around in the mor next morning, right? Like, Jeff, like if you're, you can get off the play in front of how, how many people fit in that stadium. Who knows? 60, 70,000, right? Maybe? Yeah. 50, yeah, whatever. Do you really think that's that big a deal? Seriously. Like, if you have to get up for something, can't you get up for it? <laughs> well, you have two conflicting arguments then, because on the Jaguar science staff or research staff or whatever, they think staying there the entire time was better. Whereas the Bills staff was just like, nah, you're fine. You, you can do it. Two days. That's all you need. I, I don't necessarily fly in and play football. Yeah, that day, right? <laughs> just, just wake up, right? Like, I know your body's off. If you were to play it like, so what's the difference? It's like six or seven hours difference. Are they ahead or behind? Uh, they're behind. No, they're ahead. They're ahead. So like this would be normally, if you're not used to the time, 1230 game there is like uh, 6 or 730 p.m. game, right? That's not crazy. It's not like it's a two in the morning game, you know? Like I can understand that. That would throw you off like crazy. This is like a primetime game for people from the East Coast. Yeah, it's, it's some BS. <laughs> But I will say, when I went to London, it took me a couple of days to get used to the time difference. <laughs> the first day, I was like, ugh, like, this sucks. Like, you, you get there, like, I don't know, it might be, like, 9 at night. And then, like, in your time, like, you're basically getting up at 2 in the morning, which is, like, 9 in the morning there, right? So, it's a rough. It's rough the first couple of days, and then you get used to it. So... They thought, yeah, it only takes two days. But Josh Yellen was complaining at the press conference. He's like, ah, I just need a lot of caffeine. Like, this is this is rough. All right. More hot takes from Bill's Mafia. Andrew Freeman writes, I think there had to be some interest in the Jags winning this game. The NFL wants, oh, do you want to hear some conspiracy theories, Mike? Are you ready for one? Who doesn't love a good conspiracy theory? Sure. I think Andrew Freeman writes, I think there had to be some interest in the Jags winning this game. The NFL wants a team in London and they're the natural option. Every break seemed to go their way in regards to the travel and penalties or lack thereof. We got robbed of a home game, plain and simple. Yeah. I I mean, we definitely got robbed from a from a home game, but luckily this was like our ninth home game. So it wasn't like, it wasn't like we only got eight home games this year and one of them was in London. I mean, this was, you know, our ninth. So I love a conspiracy theory as much as the next person, probably more than the next person, if we're being honest. But uh, I don't think this is because the NFL wants a team in in Europe, in London. I think it was just a poorly officiated game. But like you said, the Jaguars are a good team and they took advantage of it. Like anything that the Jaguars did, you can't take away from them. Like the, the all the catches to Ridley on third down, all the... ETN just gashing the Buffalo Bills, like all these penalties on the Buffalo Bills. Like, sure, 
maybe that Poyer, I think that Poyer one was pretty bad, but I could see why they called it. I wasn't like, this definitely has to be called, but I could see why they did. I still think that's one of those penalties where you have to, um, you have to do a replay on it or something because he hit him with his shoulder, but it's a bang, bang play. It's like Poyer can't, the guy was trying to duck contact and he ended up getting hit, but it's like, how is Poyer supposed to know that in the moment? He's trying to separate the player from the ball. I, I don't know. I feel like that one needs to be replayed. AJ Tharp writes, the refs took this from a tackle football game to a flag football game. My hot take, there will be no accountability for it. There's never any accountability. <laughs> that is a hot take, but there's never any accountability, AJ, by the NFL for the way that they officiate games. That's I don't know if there's ever been. <laughs> Dude, we've seen we've seen refs in all black that we didn't even know existed. They were like the men in black for refs, right? Like that Bills Texans playoff game a few years ago. Like all of a sudden, like the Bills got the ball. It was a safety, and you know, because the guy didn't give like the clear like um, touchback signal when he caught the ball in the end zone on a kickoff, and the Bills recovered the ball, and it was supposed to be a safety, and the Bills were going to get the ball right back and take the lead, and then all of a sudden this ref in all black out of nowhere was like, nope, that's not how it goes. And <laughs> he just all of a sudden overrode all the officiating crew on the field. It's like, where did this guy come from? Who is this guy? <laughs> so no accountability continued. Bill's super fan, Don Burt writes, didn't feel like they traveled so late in the week. Didn't like, I'm sorry, didn't like that they traveled so late in the week. Feel like they should have left immediately after the Miami game. It is what it is. Not going to jump off the ledge here. Very concerned with the injuries. Not going to listen to speculation until we find out exactly what happened. Yeah, it's hard not to speculate, um, but um, it doesn't look good. doesn't look positive. Save and close rights. We're a front-running offense. Dorsey got all the applause last three weeks piling on points. He can't call plays from behind or the... Or the offense can't execute, or both. I like that one a lot. Dorsey calling plays from behind is not not nearly as good. Big Mike just messaged me, um, and he just mess. He said on Twitter, uh, "Bro, Elam isn't even good enough for a trade bait at this point." <laughs> well, they don't. The Bills don't have enough cornerbacks. They couldn't even trade him if they wanted to. And this goes into Biff Chatterhead. Biff, Ch I like I like anyone with a Twitter handle that has Biff in it. <laughs> Biff Chatterhead writes, cut Elam, trade whatever draft picks you need for a decent corner. He also writes, international games are a safety hazard to the players and the NFLPA need to negotiate them out of the next bargaining agreement. Well, I don't know if that's going to happen because the NFL likes to make more money. So if they can make more international money, if they suck all the money out of the U.S., you need to find other places to suck the money out of. <laughs> um, X corruption X, right? Yeah, the at NFL officiating can kiss my ass. Um, I love, by the way, I'm glad he tagged the official NFL officiating Twitter account in that tweet because I see a lot of people do that. And I'm always like, if that actually did something, we would all do it <laughs> all the time. <laughs> I don't think they care, but keep doing it. Greg Casper writes, never want to see another London, another game in London ever. At least half the D was missing. 500 yards for Jacksonville. Time of possession was gross. Defense is in a world of trouble if they aren't starting backups to backups. Yeah, which is what they're doing right now. Nick Withers writes, they always struggle against the Jags. Injuries are what worries me more than the loss, for sure. 
going three and two sucks, but going three and two with a lot of long-term implications suck. Carl SG hashtag go bills writes no Milano and no Trey will be really complicated. Yeah. G man bills from SC writes having one team already in Europe from the week before is an incredibly unfair disadvantage to the other team. Um, refs were awful, but this game is not on them. I don't know if we can really game. I get what people are saying and maybe that's why it's a hot take. I don't really blame the time change as much as like that was either on the bills science staff or the bills should have been able to come overcome that. So yeah, lots of lots and lots of things. Um, hot takes. Here's one from David Callahan. All, f- all phases do not execute offense, no rhythm defense, too much time on the field, too many penalties. Refs did throw a few that weren't necessary. Finally injuries, primarily Milano. Jacob drum writes, got to use the run more. Got to look midfield more. Got to stop hoping your deep route will be open by the time the ball gets there. Got to make Jacksonville the home team when they play in London after a week there. Got to push the Metro out a few miles to Hamhurst and we're good. (laughs) Uh, Cool. Mike, I think we're going to end on that note. Is there anything else that you want to add about this bill's loss? Um, either long term, short term, short term, or anything else. I think Nate, like the, uh, somebody made a good point. Like the Jags have always played the Bills tough in the last couple of years, and um, it seems like they get better every year. Jeez, Trevor Lawrence, I think, is really, really good. Um, I'm happy to get this game behind us, and I think looking forward, in the next couple of weeks they can really right the ship. Right, three and two now. Next. We've got the Giants, then the Pats, the Bucks, the Bengals, the Broncos, the Jets, and like then it gets a lot tougher with the Eagles and the Chiefs. But I think couldn't the Bills win all of those games before the Eagles, right? And then they'd be nine and two. Right? Absolutely, those are all winnable games. Yeah, I mean they should be the favorite for all for every every game. I think I think I think that would be the definitely that's that's the positive way to look at it for sure. I, I'm glad you brought all this up. Um, I think if it wasn't for the injuries and we don't know the extent of how bad they are, if it wasn't for the injuries, I think we would be like that stinks. It's a terrible game, like you said. The Jaguars are a good team. I mean, they made the playoffs. They won a I think they won a game last year in the playoffs. So like, and they almost beat the Patrick Mahomes list Chiefs, right? Like, so they're not a bad team. Um, they're a pretty good team. Um, but yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, (laughs) the Giants will be their get right game. (laughs) That's what they need. It'll be the game that they needed to like, you know, get over it and maybe get some people healthy for a few weeks or something. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Those are all winnable games. Everything you mentioned, like, I don't, I don't fear any of those teams that you mentioned until you get to the Eagles or the chiefs. And even then, like they're not unbeatable. They're just going to be tough to beat. They get Benford back, and all of a sudden, you're talking about a different defense, right? Like it's going to be, it's going to be better. It's going to be good, right? Like I like, I like you adding, ending it on that positive note. That's what I want. That's definitely what I want. Appreciate that, Mike. So those were good ending thoughts. Is there anything else that you wanted to add before we end this one? No, cool. Thank you guys all for listening. Um, this episode is brought to you by the Twin Spire Sportsbook at Delago. Um, if you're in the Western New York or Central New York area, check out the Delago Resort and Casino. Um, all segments 
of this episode, whether it was stats of the game was brought to you by the Twin Spire Sportsbook at Delago, whether it was Sweet Sassy Molassi plays of the game. Of course, there weren't a ton, but those were brought to you by the Twin Spire Sportsbook at Delago and also the Wall of Fame and Wall of Shame brought to you by the Twin Spire Sportsbook at Delago. So signing off for Mike. Go Bill. See you next week. And for me, Nate, go Bills too. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening. And we'll talk to you guys again soon. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. Um, well, listen, I give, give, the whole show is called Circling the Wagons. Say no more. I love it. <laughs> more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.